Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here, your co-host for the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show. And I have my lovely co-host, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back to the show. Hi, everyone. Awesome. And uh, we are stoked because we have another amazing lady from uh, associated with Ray's Panay over there in uh, New York City. Karen Joy Pangang Tihan is an equity actress and multidisciplinary performer and artist based in New York City. She has performed in the national tour of Suzical the Musical, directed by Marsha Milgram Dodge, Revision Theater's the Who's Tommy on Asbury Park, J.L. Umipig's The Journey of a Brown Girl, a theater piece that explores the Filipina America and Panay experience, The Vagina Monologues, the original Ray's Panay, Cherry Bomb and Tumbleweed, uh, which is Dixon Place by Marcus Scott and others. Karen has starred in short films such as Almond Milk and Those Who Wander, which have placed in the Asian American Film Festival, awesome, as well as has Tonalyn Sadeko's Ube Raindrops. She has performed burlesque throughout New York City in venues such as the Slipper Room and Parkside Lounge. Uh, TV credits include Gotham. And Karen has had her poetry, Maarte Chonga and Millennial Heartbreak, published in Elastic Magazine, Lakas and Asian American Feminism. Lastly, she is the co-founder and co-host of entertainment podcast, Cinema Therapy. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's our absolute pleasure. And I want to thank you for just bearing with me as I read through all of that. (laughs) No, I realize that's like a lot of new names in there, like big names and like big words. Yeah, it's a lot. So I appreciate you for working through it. Yes, I I believe I did a great job. For people that hear the edited version of this that's uploaded on the podcast already, our listeners get to hear how much I butcher names. So if you (laughs) would love to hear Jen butcher things, then I invite you all to join us live in in future episodes. (laughs) And it's really cool because just a little background on that, we're pretty, in case you want to engage with us online, we're really active on Instagram at the Filipino American woman. And a lot of the times we put the latest updates through our Insta stories. So if you want to stay up to date with us, just follow us on Instagram and follow our stories and engage with us because that's how we give people kind of like that backdoor access to be part of these shows live. So just a little plug in in there for that. So Karen, I want to thank you so much for reaching out and wanting to share your story. Let's just start actually with you sharing how did you hear about the project initially? And why did you decide to be on our show today? Yeah, so my friend, sister Angelica Inahe reached out via email she shared the episode that she was on with you guys. And yeah, I gave it a listen. She told me that you should really be in community with this podcast and these people. And 
I'm just very impressed with what you're doing to build community and spread awareness of other Filipino Americans. So I'm very excited to be here and very grateful for the opportunity. Oh, it's it's our absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for saying that. You know, I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but part of why this project was created is because I just wanted to see I wanted to be the change I wanted to be in my life because for a very long time, especially going back to middle school, I was actually bullied by Filipino American women. And it kind of just gave me this distaste in our community, amongst other things, for decades. And then in the recent years, I got fed up with it. And I told myself, even as involved as I was in the community, I kept going in and out of it until one day I was like, this is probably not an external issue. This is an internal issue. And I need to come to terms with like maybe the reason why I don't like why I struggle is because there's a part of me that doesn't like myself and doesn't like being a Filipino American woman. So I want to be able to rewrite that story uh, by doing it with other women who, you know, either feel the same way or uh, share similar traits, uh, that being individuals living in America with Filipino descent who identify as female. And it's been incredible since. I mean, we've had this, uh, this project has been around since uh, December 2016, and it's taken into a podcast form just this year, about two months ago. And I feel like there's been a ton of more engagement now than there was back then when I used to do Facebook Live. And I'm wondering if it's because it maybe podcasting just feels like a safer environment for people to talk as opposed to being in front of a camera and watching watching yourself talk as you're, as you're live and also knowing that maybe it gets edited after. So I think that's probably why people like this. But thank you for saying that. <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course. And I, I, I appreciate you being so honest about your experience about being ashamed of who you were when you were young, because I, I feel like I can definitely relate to that as well. Oh, very cool. And I'm sure we will dive into that sometime throughout this interview today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your maybe your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman today? Yeah. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. My parents moved here or moved to New York from the Philippines in the 1980s. And growing up, I had a large family. My mom is one of seven sisters. My dad is one of seven siblings. So it's a lot of extended family. And I grew up being surrounded by a lot of aunts, uncles, cousins. And then I moved to New York about 10 years ago now, and my parents retired about four years ago, and they moved back to the Philippines along with their sisters and brothers. And so I've kind of been feeling like this orphan, mm-hmm. or I'm kind of, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. kind of dealing with being an adult without family to without family being so close and being accessible and growing up where family was such a huge part of my support system and who I was it's kind of been a little bit it's been very challenging and so I'm kind of dealing with that right now in this time of my life oh 
Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And (laughs) hopefully in our conversation today, you get some sense of community. And, you know, I know we like just met virtually, but you have a friend in me. So if you ever want to, you know, connect. I, I, Yes. Yeah. And Nani, I visit New York City, not frequently, but uh, every now and then because my sister Josephine lives there and she she produced the third generation of Ray's Panay recently. So um, that's how I came out. So I visit her when I get the chance. It's not too far. It's like a six hour drive if if I do drive over there. But yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And it must be nice for your parents to have had so many siblings, first of all, and to Mm -hmm. have traveled here together and then to retire and go back to the Philippines together. So I could imagine like how lonely that would feel if most of your life was being around such a huge community. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, New York in itself is a very like lonely place and being like pursuing a life as an artist can be very challenging. So that's just what I'm going through right now. Yeah. Yeah. How was, how was it like living in Miami? I I've never, I think the only time I've ever been there was to go to Disney world. And I don't really consider that going to Miami because you're in this bubble, but yeah. How was it like living there? I'm assuming, and you tell me like, maybe you moved to New York city because you wanted to pursue like the artist life and and possibly that that wasn't as available in Miami as it is in New York City. Yeah, 100%. Miami is it's in the south, but it's it's very different and isolated from the rest of the south. Kind of like this vortex that's like its own entity. It's a very diverse place and I grew up with a lot of culture, a lot of diversity and I never felt like I was other Mm. and moving to yeah and moving to New York I guess that kind of came up because as diverse as New York City is like sometimes especially in like the musical theater industry entertainment industry it's not as diverse as you would think like I would meet people here that would come up to me and say I'm the first Filipina that they've ever met which to me is insane but Mm -hmm. weird yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but I love Miami I I appreciate it much more from a distance now it's definitely a place for vacation for me and not somewhere that I would want to create a life as an adult Mm -hmm. I've come to feel that way about San Diego now, uh, San Diego, California, because I I lived there for about 20 years. And then um, in the last 12 or so months since I moved to the East Coast, I visited three times. And it just really kind of, it's like, it's like your hometown is just a good place to vacation. But mm. when you visit a couple of times, you're like, you know, that's that's what it's good for now. Like it served its purpose. I was uh, raised up over there. And now I don't have to continue my life there. Like I got the building blocks I need and I could just appreciate it from afar. So I, I totally understand what you're saying about Miami. Yeah, definitely. I like uh, that. It served its purpose. It's yeah, fitting. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's great and and really courageous of you to be kind of pursuing this starving artist lifestyle in New York, especially without your family. I also grew up around a lot of family, lots of cousins, lots of uncles, lots of aunties. And I tried moving to just to LA, which is not that far from the Bay for college Mm -hmm. after I graduated high school. And I spent a couple of years there, but I ended up 
coming right back up here to Oakland in the Bay. And now I live like five blocks from the house that I grew up in. <laughs> so oh, wow. <laughs> I definitely commend you for, for staying and working through it. I know that that can be tough, oh, especially without you your family. That. Yeah. yeah, we're sending you lots of love right now, Karen. <laughs> lots of love oh, and, thank you. and support <laughs> and whatever we can do to just help ease what you're going through. It, and I also think it is very healthy to acknowledge what you're going through and kind of just sit with your uh, feelings around it. So it, I mean, it sounds to me the fact that you can articulate it um, is that you're very well aware and you're just doing what you can to get through it. So I, I applaud yeah, you yeah. for your courage to, oh, to yeah. do this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and fast forward to today. We've been talking a lot about your life already in New York City. In no, in no shape or form are we trying to sound offensive when we say starving artists. <laughs> no, um, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah but for sure people- the correct <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like, what is it starving art? Is it is it like, I'm trying to think I'm trying to come up with like a, a really cool way to describe it. A resourceful artist. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. <laughs> resourceful <laughs> artist. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Karen, how about for people that are just getting, I mean, I know you've been in a lot of things, so I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people who probably recognize your name, but for people that are just learning about you for the first time, why don't you share with us what kind of a snapshot of your life looks like today, mainly what, what keeps you busy and excited nowadays? So I currently teach young adults with disabilities chorus. I lead a chorus group and I also teach improv. This agency, that's one of my day jobs. And I also bartend. So I work pretty much six days a week. I work doubles. And I'm currently working on balancing these jobs that can help support myself financially while pursuing an artist career. So with jobs, I make sure I carve out time to audition at least several times a week, take classes to meet with agents. And so it's kind of like, well, it is essentially having another job on top of the jobs that you already have that you're doing to support yourself. And it's exhausting, but it's honestly worth it to me. I was having a conversation with someone from Greece, and they just moved here into the city, and they were trying to understand my lifestyle. And they held out one hand, and they said, okay, so you can have this lifestyle constantly pursuing a career in, in the arts and not having any guarantee and constantly being tired, working for like the smallest chance of getting what you wanted. And then they held out their left hand, and they said, where you can have a job not doing what you love, but you'll be more stable. You could have the house you wanted. You could have a more grounded lifestyle to have a family, to have marriage. And they were just so confused when I tried to explain to them that I would rather choose this lifestyle of inconsistency and uncertainty because mm -hmm. it's what I want. And I feel like it's my purpose in life. And I would rather like give it my all to the very end, striving for the smallest chance as opposed to a life that's stable and grounded, but not me at all. Absolutely. We had a conversation about this in a previous previous episode with Nicole Cruz, and we were talking about how, let me try to recall what we talked about. <laughs> I just suddenly <laughs> drew a blank. Like OMG. Said. 
with Nicole, we were talking more about where your motivation to make that decision comes from and how a lot of people feel pressured to take the right hand with the stable job and not doing necessarily what you love, but having that security and stability out of fear of judgment of their parents or their grandparents Mm -hmm. or whoever it was that instilled in them that you're supposed to work to get a job and have benefits and support yourself. And they didn't teach us chase after your dreams. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a privilege to even pursue this kind of lifestyle in my eyes, because I don't think anyone in my family before me would even think about wanting to become an artist in any way. Like that was never an option for them, even Mm -hmm. though they might have like share these interests as I do. Right. I also have gotten that on, not on my Filipino side, but on my Russian side. My grandma, when I was younger, used to always tell me, why don't you do art? Why don't you get a job in art? And my mom would always tell her, because she's not going to make any money. <laughs> right. And I was just yeah. like, but I like to do art. <laughs> yeah. I guess like their upbringing, at least for my parents, Different. like, yeah, they don't really understand the lifestyle. I, uh, I want to put emphasis on the word, like you said, privilege. And that basically explains what yeah, I was I going to try to articulate earlier. What we talked about yeah. with um, Nicole is that you're right. The reason why our parents try to have us choose or our family have us choose the, the right hand, the right option, is because for a lot of them, that was their only option. Mm-hmm. in their own upbringing. Like, for example, my mom is one of five and their youngest brother, they consider him to be the most successful out of all five of them because he has a solid, stable career. He's married. His kids just finished college. Like, he got everything right. He lives a stable life and and everything where a lot of, uh, like, my mom and her other siblings, um, you know, someone has uh, passed away, someone got let go, someone, they all had something that just didn't match the dream was and and their and the youngest sibling was able to accomplish that dream. And he's very well aware of it to the point where he's kind of a show off about it. He'll never listen to this podcast. So I didn't really like him. Yeah. Growing up. <laughs> but um, he, he let everyone know that he was like, perfect. And he was kind of the guy to go in there and judge you and tell you how to live your life and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. However, because of our parents sacrifices, and, and we see firsthand what they did, it's like, oh, so that's what it looks like to be stable. For me, I've been uh, self employed, and I've had a business here or there, pretty much my entire adult life. And I recently went on a road trip with my mom for an entire week, you know, I didn't have to worry about calling off work or anything. And my mom was telling me like, oh, you know, our relatives are saying uh, that I'm so lucky to have you travel with me. And I and I said to her, well, now you know why I didn't want to pick up a traditional job, because it wasn't just out of selfishness. It was actually selflessness. Um, I wanted to be available for my family. I wanted to be I wanted to be around like my loved ones. And I want to do life with my loved ones. Like even now I'm in business. I'm in business with my husband and our dog. He's our chief furry officer. And (laughs) and um, it's awesome to do life together. And I I think today, at least our generation, it's such a privilege uh, that because our parents built those building blocks, we we know how to fall back to stability. We have the tools, we have the knowledge to do that. But while we're in this unique time and era, 
of, you know, where we're at in time, it's like, why not? Like, why not in your case, why not try to do it all? Why not try to have okay. stability with your two jobs and pursue your dreams? Like, I think that's incredible. And I, I don't think you have to choose one or the other. I think nowadays people are seeing beyond that. Like the way that I see your life, Karen, is a lot like kind of this, this question that someone asked me before. So let's say hmm. you're walking and you look at the ground and you notice there's a $10 bill and there's a $100 bill. And so I want you both to answer this. Which one of those would you pick up? The $10 or the $100? All right. Jen Amos here jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So, you know, at the end of every episode, I tend to say, if you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry, we'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I work so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, the Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the philam, short for Filipino-American-woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thephilamwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode. Anyone? <laughs> okay, I'll give you the answer. <laughs> well, well, do you have to pick up just one? Can you pick up both? Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. Um, <laughs> exactly, girl. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, for whatever reason, we were taught to pick one or the other. But we are in a beautiful age and time where we can pick up both. You know, it's like it's both there. Like no one has taken it. Like why not take both? And I think that's what your life represents right now is you're you're trying to you're doing it all. And as long as you're healthy and uh, and everything, I, I remember one of my friends told me it's good to be in business or to pursue your passions, especially when you're young because you're still healthy and you yeah. have like the least risk. And yeah, and you know how to fall back to a stable job. So anyway, that's my whole rant there about that i'm gonna stop talking and see if either of you have thoughts on that <laughs> i mean thank you for that that made me feel a lot better about my life here i actually went to the philippines to visit my family two months ago back in june and as nice as it was to see them and as much as i appreciated my time with them it became a little exhausting having to explain who you are to people other people in the philippines that don't understand wait so you are this age and you're not married yet and mm -hmm. you don't want to have kids yet and you what are you doing for a job what is this show are you getting paid for this show like Ugh. 
Yeah. yeah. And I totally get where they're coming from because yeah, they're in survival mode there. They want to make sure that you're taken care of, that you're doing okay. But it's kind of crazy having to explain this life to people over and over again. It, it kind of reminds me of when people ask me, especially like non-Filipino people ask me like, what are you or where are you from? Mm. And after a while that really chips away at you and you're just kind of like, who am I? Where am I from? Am I really Filipino? Yeah. And I feel like yeah. I feel like after a while, you you start to kind of develop this. You, you could it, it can go either one or two ways. You you let that define you and really affect you in, in a traumatic way, um, mm. or you embrace it. You know, like for myself, like whenever a question like that comes up, I I practice gratitude in my head. I think mm. to myself like, oh, it's nice to be in an environment where I can learn how to educate people about who I am, or I, I, can, I, I can be reminded that I do have, like, let's say my mom and my family to come back home to, to feel like I'm at home or whatever. Um, I can't think of all the all the things that I go through my head in that moment. But that's one of the things that I learned to turn it into uh, gratitude instead of like, oh, like they're asking me again, you know, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but definitely I could imagine like for you uh, being an artist and myself being a business owner, like I get, I've gotten like those similar questions and this is probably not the best solution that I would recommend to anyone, but I kind of just avoid my family altogether sometimes. And, and so I could <laughs> avoid those questions. <laughs> I'm just, my, my immediate family, is is cool you know they're they're pretty like supportive at this point because my siblings and I are all creative in our own way but you know my my relatives who are a nurse who are engineers who are in the military who are doing something stable I'm just like well I don't have to come back and prove myself to them I love them but I will I will love them from a distance and you know I don't even know if any of them like listen to the to these podcast shows but if they do if you have something to say let me know (laughs) so yeah yeah I think my parents moving to another country definitely shifted our relationship to a point where it is healthier. Mm. Um, I think that the time that I do spend speaking to them or the time that I'm with them is so much more intentional now because it it comes so rarely. So yeah, I I definitely think faith helps. And Mm. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think that it's important for everyone to spend at least a little bit of time away from their parents once in life, even if you're a really close-knit family. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that, that is really important for anyone becoming an adult, essentially, and individuating yourself. And a lot of people, especially in Filipino families, I feel like don't do that because there's no need to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. You guys, Everybody just wants to stay together all the time, which I'm also guilty of. But if you do that, then you don't learn about all of this stuff that we talk about, about who you are. And yeah, definitely necessary. Yeah. I mean, it's good to have space from anyone, period. It's like how I, I joked in a previous episode, like I love doing this podcast show because my husband can't be on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's not Filipino like at all. So it's like my space, <laughs> my space, bro. Yeah. Or a woman. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't at least identify it as female in any way. So, you know, sometimes that could be a thing. I want to uh, just give a shout out to Bernadette, who is our uh, listener in the room. Uh, she just wanted to say to you, Karen, she can relate to you 100%. 
Uh, luckily, she has a supportive family and friends, but still everyone wonders what she's doing. Uh, she has a quote that she wanted to share with us. It goes, just because my path is different doesn't mean I'm lost. I like that. Mm, I like that a lot. Thank yeah. you, Bernadette. Yeah, yes, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Well, I want to go ahead and shift gears and get into my most favorite part of this interview, because part of why this project started and part of how I want to keep this going is sharing life lessons. Like Just like how you need to take a bath every day or every other day, depending, <laughs> or wash your hair like every five days, who knows? The point is, just like having to do certain things consistently, I think it's good to get, you know, a good dosage of life lessons and mantras and stuff like, you know, every every now and then. And, and that's what I've enjoyed so far about doing this podcast and why uh, I don't think I'm going to be bored for a while because I feel like uh, every time I get into this part of the, the show, uh, people always have something different to share and a very unique story behind it. So uh, with that said, Karen, you had mentioned that the biggest life lesson you've learned is about how you create art through heartbreak, resilience, and being a multidisciplinary Panay artist while having to support yourself financially and mentally. And so uh, I, I'd love to hear why you chose to share that today and you know what aspect of your life, I'm guessing it's your experience in New York City, of course, but share you know, an aspect of your life mm -hmm. that led you to that life lesson that you're sharing with us today. Oh, yeah. I think, I feel like it's taken years, 10 years now since moving to New York, of figuring out what I truly wanted and who I am as a woman, as an adult. And that required a lot of growing pains, a lot of sacrifice, and a lot of letting go. Uh, letting go of this idea of who I was as a daughter, letting go of the need to please family members, letting go of wanting to appease other people, and just letting go of the attachment of security, of leading a comfortable life and without risk. And I, mm. think, I think I'm learning in a very painful way, in a very hard way, but in a very rewarding way, that what I want for myself and who I am and what I love is just letting go of everything that I thought I knew. And I feel like I've put myself out in the wild and I'm learning so much about who I am and I'm creating the life that I want and filling it with everything that I love. I think it took a lot of hardship and a lot of learning experiences to get here. I finally feel like I am who I want to be. Mm, love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and for you, it, it part of it happened not just by choice, but by circumstances. You know, your family had all decided to go back to the Philippines. So you mm -hmm. were, you kind mm -hmm. of like were propelled to really experience what it's like to be put out figuratively in the wild. The concrete jungle, to be more specific. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's beautiful, Karen. For myself, part of my background is um, I could never hold down a job. I, in my young 20s, I got fired from four jobs, like consecutively. Oh. And then, and then when I got, I re like before we moved from California to Virginia, I picked up a job for like 10 months and then I quit. 
like 10 months later. I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I, I think when you're in kind of in a situation where you're not fitting into the mold of what you were taught to fit, you know, no matter what you do and you, you just don't fit. And so you, you really have to kind of open up your mind to be like, okay, well, where else do I fit then? Mm -hmm. And, and going back to what we were saying with privilege, the good thing about, I think, living in America is that we could explore that. We can explore what it's like oh. to not live for survival, but to actually pursue happiness. And I think, I really believe that you're not necessarily giving up stability for happiness. You are prolonging stability, you know, to pursue your passion because it's your passion and what you love, I believe that will lead you to your version of stability. And I think that's like uh, where, where most people see instant gratification with getting something stable. You're banking on delayed gratification and all the hard work and heartbreak that you're going through because you do believe that the grass is greener on the other side. You're, you just have to jump over it or break down that fence and just get there or, you know, whatever. But I think it's a, a beautiful place to be in. And even as I hear you pausing as you're thinking out loud, I love that because, you know, you are actively going through this. It's not like you're coming to us yeah. polished. Yeah, you're not coming up to us polished and acting like you have all your stuff together. You know, you're like, I'm going <laughs> through this right now. And, and, and we love it and we're embracing it and we, uh, we celebrate you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I, it's definitely a risk and it's definitely waiting for what you really want in life. And I think that also includes romantic relationships. I'm going to go back to like my trip. They were so confused again that I wasn't married. And I, I don't know where this is coming from exactly or if this is like a common thing in the Philippines. But they definitely emphasize marrying for security mm -hmm. over love. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so it was very interesting to, like, have conversations with people where, like, family members, distant family members, where I would stand my ground and say, well, no, I just haven't found anyone that I want to have as my life partner. Because to them, marriage was, again, just like a sense of security. And it, mm -hmm. it was very interesting. Yeah, most of my relationships, my romantic relationships were actually with Filipino men. And uh, mm -hmm. as a quote, unquote, secure, they were, they were very abusive <laughs> they're very like wow. emotionally abusive I, I mean like don't get me wrong like I I'm, I'm not going to mention their names so I don't like disrespect them and if any of my friends are listening only they know you know who I'm who, like my past <laughs> relationships and who I'm talking about but it was kind of like sure I can get stability but I have to kind of you know the cost of it is this type of abuse like not just on their side but it was my side too because we both were unhappy. And uh, I just thought it was so funny because I remember when I first told my mom that I was uh, dating my boyfriend, my new boyfriend, my, my husband now, and I showed her a picture and he's like this white guy. She was like, <laughs> it's just funny. Cause like, she, she kind of like made comments about, uh, you know, all the other people I dated, but with him, she was like, Oh, wow. Good for you. <laughs> you know, like, it was kind of like a, you know, and, and it's, I think it's kind of what you're saying, Karen is like, maybe she looked at 
my husband as like this form of security, like, oh, he's going to, he's definitely going to take care of you. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, ironically, like we have used our savings to build our business and, and every day we're kind of like, okay, when are we going to get the next paycheck? You know, like we're like floating, we call it. And, uh, and so it's just funny that like, I think on, on the surface, it looks like I have this quote unquote stable life, but no, I mean, we're, we're, we're living the starving artist life as well. (laughs) So, uh, you know, there you go. But yeah, no, that, that is interesting how there's this constant path you have to cross or like the fork road where you feel like you have to choose the stable life or the, you know, the not so stable, the passion, passionate life, or like looking at that floor and trying to decide, do I pick up the $10 bill or the $100 bill? But I really think, yes, we can honor our parents and our family for thinking that way because that's how they survived. But going back to what we keep saying and harping on at this point, I feel like we're talking about like, like beating a dead horse at this point. It's like, Mm -hmm. you can, you can do it. You can do it both. And um, yes, it's overwhelming, but I mean, you wouldn't be doing this unless you, you weren't happy or unless you're, you were happy. You are happy. Yeah. You're doing this because (laughs) you're happy and it's, it's worth waking up for every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. This is a very healing (laughs) podcast to be on. (laughs) You say all the right things. Oh, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really kind of inspiring to hear that from you, Karen, because when you hear these kinds of things from people, it's usually from people that, uh, like Jen said, have already made it to whatever they were working towards, and you're still kind of in the thick of it going through things and able to articulate this and able to stick with it, even though you probably are having a hard time managing And that's just really inspiring to someone like me who my whole, the last like 10 years of my life, I've been very in and out of that kind of fear of taking the leap and and taking those risks in my career, in my love life, and all of the things that you guys just talked about. And for me, it's like the need to do something different will get so big at one point, I'll go ahead. Like I quit my job once to work retail and do makeup and I love that, but it didn't work out for me. And I, as I was struggling, I gave up and I came back to the office, the corporate world. And that makes me sad when that I have to say that because I don't know what would have happened if I would have stuck with it and actually put my mind to it the way that you are. So it's just really inspiring to hear um, what you're going through and kind of the mindset that you're operating from. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate you saying that very much. I, it's interesting because I didn't think that I would be so candid and honest about my life on the show. <laughs> it kind of just like happened like an exorcism. So very interesting <laughs> to see like what came out. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Then we've done our job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Karen, uh, like I said, it's it's been such a pleasure and I hope this isn't the last time we talk. Like I said, you have a friend in me and Nani and uh, you have us on Instagram. Uh, before we go, do you have any closing thoughts for us and for our listeners? Well, I guess today was a learning experience for me to just come as you are and be honest about who you are in your life and see how healing and freeing that can be and just being honest about who you are with other people I, yeah it's a nice feeling 
I also think it's very helpful to open up to complete strangers because I mean, you have no idea who I am. Like I could be a serial killer. I'm not, I'm not, but (laughs) (laughs) maybe I'll edit that out. So no one holds that against me. No, but in all seriousness, like it is healing one to uh, express yourself, but sometimes it, you know, you get that extra encouragement when you get to open up to people that you're just meeting for the first time. But I think it also helps that A, we don't know each other and B, we're not like in the same room. We can't see each other. <laughs> so mm. I think you have really no choice on these types of calls but to be your most vulnerable self because there's no outside influence. Very true. But that's also what's beautiful about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that's why we have gotten so much more traction already doing this podcast show for that reason, Nani, is like, it just feels like a safer place. Environment, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like we're all in this like virtual living room and just like hanging out. But yeah, so... Anyway, Karen, for anyone that wants to learn more about the amazing work you're doing uh, out there in New York City, uh, how can people get a hold of you? Instagram is probably the best way to reach me. It's at the very long name, K-J-P-A-N-G-A-N-T-I-H-O-N. My dearest friend, Nicole Dorman, and I also have a podcast called Cinema Therapy that we record every week. So you can check that out on all streaming platforms and whatnot. Very cool. And for our listeners, if you did not get that the first time, don't worry, we'll have all that information in the show notes. If this show resonated with you in any way, we would love to hear from you. You can DM us on Instagram. You can email us. You can even leave a voice message. All you have to do is visit our show notes to uh, learn more about how to do that. Well, Karen, thank you again. And thank you to our live listener, Bernadette. Shout out to you. And uh, for anyone that's curious how to become a live listener, just uh, check us out on Insta Stories because I usually reveal how to do that. All right, listeners, thank you so much again for listening. And we will see you in the next episode. Take care now. Bye. Bye. And there you have it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe if you'd like to hear more stories and life lessons told by the Filipino-American woman. If you're interested in sharing your story, please contact us at thefilipinoamericanwoman at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at thefilipinoamericanwoman. Until next time. But other than that, I want to thank you both ladies for your time and for everyone listening now and later. And um, uh, how do, I never know how to wrap this up. Like, what do I say? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's like an awkward goodbye. <laughs> like, I want to say like, like, um, I don't know. What, what do you guys want? What should I say? <laughs> I need a coaching lesson right now. <laughs> Yeah, the creative. Well, you, you were, <laughs> you were on say? a great path, though. I was, You're, I was. Yeah, Jen, yeah. what happened? <laughs>
I don't know. I think you I didn't don't... trust yourself. I yeah, did. You I know. The only one overthinking that. <laughs> it was. It's funny because like I, I just didn't want to repeat what I've done in like the last episode. Okay. Okay. I will. I will finish. We'll, All right. We'll <clears> brainstorm. We'll I got brainstorm. this. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I got this. All right. Here we go. Need a moment here. All right. 